I've been thinking lately about a lot of places that I would like to visit, mostly haunted places. Uh, I was wondering if you had a list or a top one that you would like to visit. I definitely have a list. Um, I think the one that's always been the top of my mind is the Manfield Reformatory in Ohio. I remember uh, reading that they they have uh, nightly tours there. You have to be... I think it's 21 and above, or 18 and above. But I always wanted to get over there to to check that place out. I know it, I know it got really popular because of the Shawshank Redemption, yeah. but it just looks like a really cool building. Uh, and uh, Alcatraz, I've been to Alcatraz, but if they had nightly tours, I would love to go at that time also. Yeah, so. that would be creepy, especially the boat ride to Alcatraz. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure I would want to take that at night. I would think I would want to get there before the sun went down. And then, I don't know, something about being on the open water <laughs> at nighttime sounds kind of scary. But you get the full experience, Lee, yeah. when it's nighttime, like you're escaping prison. And no thanks. I'd rather <laughs> be on dry ground. So is it 21 and up because you need to like drink to get through nightly <laughs> tours. <laughs> yeah. It might be 18. I think you just have to be an adult. I think they're probably um, liability issues, not drinking issues. <laughs> liability? <laughs> yeah. And we'll get, get somebody hurt or somebody have a heart attack because they saw a ghost and got scared. Oh, well, <laughs> good to know you got to, you know, have a waiver to go into a building. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Where's your, what's your top place? I have multiple places, like you said, uh, definitely most back east. I definitely think that their buildings are a lot nicer and more history, uh, very spooky history. But definitely one of them is the Lizzie Borden house. I heard that it went up for sale recently. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know how much it was? Or um, I think it was around, I want to say... Two million. Two million dollars. Yeah. Oh my god. Does it, it does it come with the axe? <laughs> uh, that I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure the axe is in there because that is a museum or a um, bed and breakfast or something like. That. I don't know how they list that on the um, Zillow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has like what three stories, basement, axe. <laughs> Um, but it is under contract to buy from Ghost Adventures. Yeah, they, um, seem to like to get in there, but hopefully they keep it as a bed and breakfast though. I hope they keep it the way it's been and not like turn it into a museum like they usually do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The prices will just be outrageous. Yeah. That's, (laughs) I mean, I guess you got to pay off. How much you spent on the house. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, But another one I would like to visit is Salem, Massachusetts. I think there's... what I'm sorry, which we're talking about tonight. Yes. Coincidentally. (laughs) (laughs) I I think 
I just, I mean, I knew about the history in Salem, but just recently kind of got more into it. And I think it'd be nice to, one, it looks so pretty there, but two, also like pay respect and stuff for those who had passed on. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I mean, when you first talked about doing this episode, I was like, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was interesting, but it's not like, it was like, yeah, I mean, know enough about it as far as everything we learned in school, as far as the witch trials and everything. But yeah. um, I was really surprised at how much I didn't know yeah. and uh, actually got got excited about doing this episode because I learned a lot, yeah. you know, that I didn't know. And it, you know, like, it, like you said, it is, it is a pretty fascinating place and beautiful place. And I think uh, a couple of weeks ago, we ran across a house that was up for sale across from one of the cemeteries. And boy, <laughs> would I would love to buy that. I mean, it was a really nice house. The neighbors are... All right. We had a little bit of a power issue there with the recording equipment. I won't go into the problem. I don't think it was my fault. I think it was either Lizzie Borden or the Salem Witches. <laughs> so whoever I am upset, I am sorry. Or the people that were in the cemetery across the house. Oh, right. About. Okay, yeah. So where were we at? We were talking about Salem, how nice a place it is. I was mentioning about the house that we ran across, across from the cemetery. And you were... Saying, I was going to say... Uh, it was a nice house, and at least the neighbors aren't so loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a definite, yeah. Yeah, it looked like a big cemetery, too. Oh, and, and while I was fixing the technical issues, you were actually looking up the Lizzie Borden house, and what did you find on that? I was making sure that I got the price right, that it was for $2 million. And on Realtor.com, it says that it is for $2 million. But the axe is not included. Okay. So, so. there's your answer. <laughs> so lesson learned. <laughs> my puberty again. <clears throat> lesson learned, my, my jokes aren't always as uh, original as I think they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's a valid question. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so where were we? <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm going to be talking about the actual Salem Witch Trials tonight. Okay, let's just get started because I'm a little frazzled with the power <laughs> outage and uh, potential hauntings, <laughs> curses that are coming my way. No, it's okay. We want to remember you and to respect you. The witches, not you. Yes. <laughs> what? You're not going to respect me? We'll respect you. Okay. All right, go ahead. So as early as the 14th century, belief in the supernatural and the devil's practice had started in Europe. Life in the rural Puritan community of Salem Village, which is present-day Danvers, Massachusetts, included the aftereffects of a British war with France and the American colonies during 1689, a smallpox epidemic, and a long-standing rivalry with the more affluent community of Salem Town, which is present-day Salem. The Salem witch trials were fueled by suspicion and resentment toward their neighbors, as well as the fear of outsiders. Suspicion and resentment to their neighbors? Yeah. Like being attacked and everything. By their neighbors? Well, no, like like neighboring towns. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's it. Well, what kind of community is this where you can't even trust your neighbors? And, uh, 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 crap, what year was this? 
1690. Well, the the trials are in 1692. This was during the 1689. So this is pre. Right. Yeah. So the Salem witch trials began during spring of 1692. A couple of girls, nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris and 11-year-old Abigail Williams in Salem Village, Massachusetts, claimed to have been possessed by the devil and accused by accused many women of witchcraft. So they were the daughter and niece of Samuel Paris, which was the minister of Salem Village. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. I, I, I mentioned him and the um, the slave yeah. that was one of the accused, but I didn't realize, I didn't dig into the actual trials. And it's been a long time since I've been in school. So <laughs> I didn't realize it was them that started all of this. Yeah. Um you know, speaking of, like, not to get off on a tangent, but I don't really remember learning much about the Salem Witch Trials. Oh, really? Yeah. That was a big thing when I was in school. But was that during, like, you living back east at the time? So, I feel like growing up on yeah, maybe. the west side. Or maybe because it only had only happened a few years before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, we won't talk about how old I am. <laughs> yes, you're hundreds of years old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they had fits of violent contortions and uncontrollable outbursts of screaming. A local doctor, William Griggs, diagnosed bewitchment. Other girls and Putnam Jr., Mercy Lewis, Elizabeth Hubbard, Mary Walcott, and Mary Warren began to experience similar symptoms. In late February, the rest of Paris's slave, Tituba, and two other women, a homeless beggar, Sarah Good, and a poor elderly lady, Sarah Osborne, was made. These were women that the girls accused of bewitching them. These accused witches were brought into court with these magistrates, Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne, and questioned. Their accusers were present in that courtroom displaying spasms, contortions, and screaming. Both Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne denied their guilt while Tituba confessed. Tituba claimed other witches worked alongside her in service of the devil against the Puritans. A wave of hysteria spread throughout colonial Massachusetts and a special court assembled in Salem to hear the cases. Others, including Martha Corey and Rebecca Nurse, upstanding members of the church, and the four-year-old daughter of Sarah Good were accused. A four-year-old? Yes. I do not know that. I don't think they taught us that in school. No. <laughs> what was the four-year-old doing that she was accused? Or did Maybe one just... Of the, the fact that uh, a bunch of young girls could start this hysteria because of whatever reason, they were pissed off at somebody or decided to um, get vengeance on somebody, and now they're mad at this four-year-old? Maybe the four-year-old was being annoying. I don't know. I think it might be of association, too, because she was the daughter of one of the other witches or one of the other women who were accused of being a witch. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, okay. I guess in what world does a four-year-old... What, what does a four-year-old do as a witch? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Several of the accused confessed, and the trials began to overwhelm the local justice system. On I mean, sorry. I mean, does she curse your juice box or something? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was more of 
you know, every child's dream is to be able to fly. So maybe she just she just wanted to fly a broom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what, what's the harm in that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go on. Or four-year-old day. So several of the accused confessed, and the trials began to overwhelm the local justice system. On June 2nd, a woman by the name Bridget Bishop was the first convicted witch and hanged eight days later. Five days after, a respected minister, Cotton Mather, wrote a letter for the court to not allow spectral evidence such as testimonies about dreams and visions. The court ignored the request and 18 others followed the Salem's Gallows Hill, while around 150 more, including children, were accused the next several months. So do you know if, I'm going back to these this children and the four-year-old, do you know if they actually ended up in prison? I, I don't know. I mean, it said, yeah, it said 150 more. Well, they were accused. I don't know if they were. I'm pretty sure they were in jail. There were a lot yeah. of them in jail. All right. For for something that was so dark in our history, that just lends another level of darkness. Yeah. And I don't remember, you know, of course, I didn't pay much attention in school anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't remember that at all. And I, I'd be surprised if they even mentioned it. Yeah. I I didn't read anything about where they went. I mean... I'd be interested to reread The Crucible to see if it, anything is mentioned in there or if it was totally censored out. Is that by, about the? Yeah, that was the, the play by Arthur Miller. Um, that's what we had to read in school. Um, seven others that were accused died in jail while 80-year-old Giles Corey, who was Martha's husband, was pressed to death by stones for refusing to enter a plea. So he was just laid out, stone by stone, placed on top of him until he died. Who comes up with these? They had very interesting methods of torture and execution. I, I do mention Giles also in my segment, and it was talking about how it took two days for him to die. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy about, you know, okay, so they're you're accusing them, but he, as far as I know, they... He hasn't done anything, or at least nothing that they're aware of, just suspicion. So they're going to torture him for two days while they're killing him? Again, it could be because um, his wife was accused, so it could be by association. Still, I'm just, yeah. you know, okay, well, first of all, the hangings were wrong and the killing was wrong, but then, uh, which the hangings were awful in themselves because it wasn't like they were hung and their necks broke and they were dead. It was they were hung and they slowly they slowly um, suffocated. Yeah. But then to to press somebody to death for two days, I'm sorry, they were they were hanged. Yeah. Not hung. <laughs> yeah. So my little uh, my the little grammar lesson for today is hanged refers to when death is involved. Hung yeah. is. <laughs> when death is not involved. So you're hanged by the rope. Yeah. Or you're hung to the rope if there's no death intent. Yeah, and that, that's what I was wondering uh, when researching. It was hanged and it just didn't sound right. But yeah. Anyway, sorry, where were we at? Uh, we were talking about the guy who was pressed to death by stones. Yeah, Giles. Yeah. Um, now, your confusion with children is one thing being accused. I heard 
but not a lot of information that even a couple dogs were also executed due to alleged involvement. <laughs> Again, there's not much information. That's all it. I uh, yeah, n- never, never heard that. Yeah. I allegedly. Mean, I, would, I would allegedly, supposedly. <laughs> I would be suspicious of the cats in the village, but yeah, they did get a bad reputation. With, yeah. That that. The governor, governor, the governor, (laughs) the governor, William Phipps, in response to Mather's plea and his own wife being questioned for witchcraft, prohibited further arrest. He dissolved the court of Oyer and Terminer on October 29th. I'm just going to go with it with confidence that that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, let's go with that. Isn't it interesting how when... The people in power all of a sudden are having fingers pointed at them that they start to dismantle this whole thing. But see, this court is what he had created five months earlier. Yeah, and then all of a sudden <laughs> fingers are pointing in his direction or his family's direction and all of a sudden, no, yeah, we can't do this anymore. So it's good to know that nothing's changed <laughs> yeah, yeah, over years. Phipps replaced it with a superior court of judicature, which disallowed spectral evidence and only condemned three out of 56 defendants. Trials continued until early 1693, and by that May, the governor, Phipps, had pardoned and released all those in prison on witchcraft charges. The court later deemed the trials unlawful, and Samuel Sewell, the leading justice, publicly apologized for his, ro- his role. The Massachusetts colony passed legislation to restore the names of those condemned and provided financial restitution to their uh, families in 1711, but nothing eased the damage. The painful legacy of the trials endured well into the 20th century when Arthur Miller dramatized the events of 1692 in his play, The Crucible. Oh, it was even in your notes. That was in 1953. And he used them as an allegory of, for the anti-communist witch hunts led by Senator Joseph McCarthy in the 1950s. So I'm going to get into some of the theories. Okay. So one theory suggests that the Native American wars could have been the reason for hysteria in Salem during 1692. It was one of the brutal battles that raged in the colonies during the 1670s, and the front lines weren't that far from your puberty yeah (laughs) and the front lines weren't that far from salem many were scared of more attacks and raids some of the girls who accused women had witnessed earlier raids prior which has caused the idea of post-traumatic stress being a factor historian mary beth norton on the other hand believes the town officials were trying to blame the devil as a threat than blaming their own weakness for several failed military campaigns against the native americans Another theory is that some sources suggest that the girls that were acting strange may have been frightened by fortune-telling games. At the time, children were restricted of all forms of play and were expected to do chores and study the Bible. The boredom from this may be what got them interested in fortune-telling, which was introduced to them by the slave named Tichuba. It is believed that they had guilt and fear for their involvement in these forbidden activities that they started to purposely act strange. I remember reading about how strict the Puritans were, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the kids playing was out of the question. Yeah, I was when I was reading about the the witch house, the Corwin, 
And it was talking about um, how he had brought in some toys or, you know, had them shipped over from Europe or whatever for his kids. Uh, double standards, I guess. But yeah, but but in general, they were talking about how kids weren't supposed to play or anything. So I guess idle are the devil's hands. Boredom. <laughs> yeah. A theory in the 1970s was that a hallucinogenic fungi is what caused the Salem witch trials to take off. The fungus ergot can be found in rye and wheat under the right conditions and is now sometimes used to create LSD. It is known to cause convulsions, hallucinations, and pinching sensations. This may offer an explanation for the symptoms of people who claim to be bewitched. The theory of ergot poisoning was introduced by Linda Caparum, which isn't as far-fetched as some may believe since the weather conditions during the winter of 1691 and 1692 in Salem were just right for ergot to grow. Studies have found that children are more susceptible to its effects, but we will never know for sure what the cause of Salem witch trials were, so the curiosity of this piece of history will continue as much as it did centuries ago. I had uh, just happened to run across that when I was... um doing my stuff and I had read that they that they were suspect of the whole um, fungi thing because they didn't um, have any of the other symptoms yeah. of the of the disease it was a, a controversial theory yeah yeah uh, you mentioned earlier you wanted to um, you had run across some stuff about pentagons pentagons <laughs> <laughs> yes. pentagrams yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about shapes today. <laughs> okay. Uh, shark man. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I had a question. What you think of when you think of pentagrams? I think of... Pentagons. <laughs> <laughs> the Pentagon. No. I think of the Hex Girls. Hex Girls. <laughs> Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. <laughs> We must have watched that a hundred times when you were a kid. I was going to bring that up. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they call it um, Oakhaven, but you know it's Salem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, Sally, Thorne, and um, Luna. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's what I think of when I think of Pentagons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would not have guessed that. I don't even think I ever really thought of them. Shocker. Um, They're Wiccans. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I usually think, which I think a lot of people do, uh, it representing evil and Satan, but that is actually not the case. Well, that's how it's portrayed, right? Yeah. In movies and everything. Well, I'll get into. Um, okay. Not into movies, but... <laughs> So, uh, the five-pointed star had been used in ancient China and Japan to symbolize the five elements of life, which was fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And it was believed to have magical properties. Early Christians used the pentagram as a representation of the star of Bethlehem and represented harmony, peace, and health. Somehow, it had evolved into the symbol of Satan worship. The pentagram dates back to... uh, 3500 BC in Mesopotamia, found inscribed in pottery and various artifacts. I did not know that. <laughs> I, I I knew that it wasn't what it 
it had, you know, it was portrayed as the yeah. evil symbol that everybody, but I, I didn't really know the details of where it came from and what the history was. Well, it's kind of like the Ouija board. Everyone thinks that's... Uh, yeah, I guess we go by, you know, yeah, what we're... Taught. Taught, which yeah. we're taught everything from movies. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. but that seems the best education. <laughs> um, the pentagram has turned in modern times into a symbol of harmony and spirituality. Some temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints are decorated with the pentagram. In ancient Babylonia, the pentagram was used to represent the various gods and different religious beliefs of Babylonian culture. During the medieval era, Christians began to use the pentagram as a symbol of the five wounds of Christ, crown, hand, and feet. It was used to ward off evil spirits. For several hundred years after Christ's death, the pentagram was adopted as a symbol of the Catholic Church. During the Inquisition period, there was much violence and upheaval of the Christian church, and if people did not conform of the church's laws, they were executed. This is the time when the pentagram and paganism were associated with Satan worship and believed was tools of the devil. Goats were at times sacrificed by devil worshippers, and the pentagram was associated with the goat's head when horns were placed upright on the pentagram. Pagans went into hiding and secluded themselves from the religious persecution and witch-burning trials that haunted their everyday. Wiccans have adopted the pentagram and used it in symbolism of the four elements, air, water, earth, and fire, and believed the fifth point to balance and create the fifth element of spirit. The pentagram ring is a popular talisman worn by Wiccans and pagans alike. Many Wiccans utilize the pentagram frequently on altars, clothing, ritual tools, and other decorative symbolism. They also view it as a star of life and often represents the feminine energy. Now, the inverted pentagram was adopted by the Church of Satan as its logo, usually depicted inside of the circle with the goat's head inside the star. It is also said to represent rejection of heaven and all things spiritual. Latter-day Saints and Wiccans use both upright and inverted pentagrams in rituals and ceremonies. You know, it's a lot easier to recognize an inverted cross mm-hmm. and know that's evil than to, you know, look at a pentagram and go, oh, wait, that's upside down. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like an upside down star. Yeah, but it's it's not as noticeable. Yeah. I mean, you really have to look at it to notice that it's upside down. So yeah. it's just, okay, the pentagram is evil. And again, I think it goes back to movies and stuff. But. Yeah, well, and... Devil worshippers claiming it as their own. Yeah. But that, that's it on pentagrams. That's it? I, I mean, may not have been that interesting to some, but to me it was because I didn't know any of the history. Um, but despite what people believe, it is a symbolism of like protection and warding off yeah. evil. There's still that, yeah, that aura of, I mean, the hex girls were spooky. <laughs> At least at first. Yeah. Until um, Scooby and Shaggy got to know them. Yeah. And they, they were cool. Yeah. And then they were cool. They were the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they ever performed in Salem. Hex <laughs> Girls. Yeah. I would love to go see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll, we'll look up for their tour. Yeah. The 2021, tour. 2022. Aren't they still playing? <laughs> Probably old by now. <laughs> what? I think you'd be surprised they're not that old. They might be a little offended. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, Jennifer Hale, Jane Weedlin, Kimberly Brooks. Shout out. <laughs> Did you say shout out? <laughs> <laughs> Giving shout outs today. Yeah. That's how old I am. I'm still using the words, the term shout out. Yeah. At least uh, you're not saying hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> What's a hashtag? <laughs> <laughs> Pound. Yeah, pound. You'd be like pound Salem instead of hashtag Salem. <laughs> pound shout out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so where where am I? This has been a crazy, crazy. Um, obviously, how old Salem is, tons of ghost stories as you would expect, right? Yeah. But I was trying to stick to the ones related to the actual witch trials. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, there's a lot to pick from, but I wanted to stick to that. Um, pound shout out. <laughs> I, I read the book Ghost of Salem from, from uh, Sam Baltrusis. Good read. Um, so I just wanted to do the little book club thing. <laughs> book club. So we have movie reviews, book club. No, pound movie reviews. Pound, pound movie book reviews, club. pound book club, <laughs> pound grammar lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else do we have there? So uh, I think uh, our little show is shaping up here. We did talk about a play. Okay, we, we talked about a play that um, we couldn't remember. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, so um, to me, the most fascinating thing about the uh, the time of the trials were the people involved. I mean, to me, it was almost like reading a novel. Yeah. The, the characters were so insane characters yeah well i call them characters because they're like they're characters out of a novel yeah because they're just so unbelievable yeah so you had george corwin so he was the sadistic sheriff um he's the one who uh took pleasure in torturing the accused harassing their families um extortion um harassing giles giles Corey. we were talking about the the man who's pressed right uh, so he he tormented him while he was being pressed, and takes like I said, it took him two days to die. Before he dies, he curses the sheriff and the town. the The sheriff ends up dying four years later, um, in sixteen ninety six, of uh, heart problems, and he was only thirty when he died. So he was twenty six when he was doing all this. That's crazy. Um, you know that that time period, dying at thirty, might not have been that unusual, but. Supposedly, allegedly, uh, the sheriffs in Salem throughout the years have had um, blood and heart blood conditions and heart conditions. So when Corin dies, they the family puts his body in the basement of their house. I don't know if they buried him or just put him down because they suspected, probably rightfully so, that if they they buried him somewhere, that the townspeople would have dug him up and tore him apart. That's how much he was hated. Uh, then there's, as you mentioned, Tichuba. Yeah. So, and like you mentioned, she was a slave of um, Paris. Yes. Uh, so, the three women who were accused, Sarah Osborne, initially accused, Sarah Osborne, Sarah Good, and Tichuba. Yeah. Which one sounds like a, a witch? Well, I don't know. I've heard more Sarahs than Tichubas. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> Tichuba. Um, yeah, but she was um, from somewhere else, though. I don't know if you you noticed, and that, maybe that's why all the images that I saw of those three women, you know, artist yeah. interpretations, but it's like the two Sarahs look 
just like normal everyday women. And then Tichuba looks like this old hag. Well, it's probably just stereotyping. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to realize, not realize, but you got to wonder, I've always wondered the um, illustrations of like old events like that, how accurate they are. They're just people's imagination. I think, yeah, I think they're just people's imaginations. So she was another crazy character because she confesses. Yes. Right. Um, possibly, probably forced. She owns up to signing her name in the devil's book, blah, blah, blah. She ends up getting released from jail after a year. Not, not right away, but you know, she, she survives this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Osborne died from conditions in prison, and then Good was hanged. Mm-hmm. So I, I know what the moral of that story is, that the one who confessed to being a witch actually survived this yeah. whole thing. I wonder if she confessed because she didn't want to be like a slave anymore. I don't know. That, well, the bitch of that was that she remained in jail after she was allowed to be released because Paris refused to pay her jail fees. Now, well, first of all, what the, what the freak? Jail fees. <laughs> they threw her in jail and then they're charging her to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody eventually pays the price of her fees. Yeah. But they're basically buying her as a slave again. Oh. Uh, so, you know, f***ed up world, right? Yeah. So this started, and it was interesting you were mentioning about uh, Paris's daughters being the start of this, because, you know, I, I didn't read that, but I did read that... Daughter and niece. Daughter and niece. Oh, yes. I thought it was his two daughters. No, daughter okay, and daughter niece. Okay, daughter and niece. I had read that Tichuba had been telling them stories about witches. Hmm. And that's why I was wondering if that's why she was one who was singled out, but it could have been because she was a slave or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that reminded me of when I was in... Um, elementary school, just a few years after this happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was back when we had to take home ec classes. Yeah. Uh, so the school had this small kitchen down in the basement behind the gymnasium. Kitchen in the basement does not sound Yeah, same. exactly. Well, then we had this psycho home ec teacher mm-hmm. who spent the class telling us stories about the devil. Uh, she was really religious and she would tell us all these scary the shit out of me stories i'd go home and couldn't sleep and they um, they allowed her to stay there well it, well you know i never told my parents and I, i'm guessing nobody else did it was just i mean you know now nowadays yeah you wonder what would happen to them because you know nobody would keep their mouth shut yeah no but back then for whatever reason it never even crossed my mind to bring it up to my parents hmm. uh it's just just a bizarre thing but that, it just reminded me of that her telling those stories to the to That's little kids. Crazy. Yeah. So back to the the crazy characters of the story. So now you have Jonathan Corwin. Yes. Who was one of the judges and he's he's the the devil or the devil. The, the witch house. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> the witch house. Um, which is supposedly the last standing structure that's related to the trials. Yes. There's, the trials were never actually in the house, but he was one of the judges, so Yes. Um, he most likely heard some pre-trial stuff at the house or whatever. But that house is supposedly haunted. But the ghosts are not not technically from, not, not believed to be from the actual trials themselves. It's the fact that, that his wife, who had 14 kids. Oh, oh my gosh. Four from a previous marriage, I believe, and then 10 with him. But only four of them survived to adulthood. Were they the four from the previous marriage? 
No, I, just, I think four out of um, all 14 or whatever. I don't know if it's four from the previous or four for theirs or, you know, mix or whatever. But uh, it's just insane to think that out of 14 kids, only four lived to adulthood. That's crazy. So that, you know, that's suspected where probably most of the ghosts, if, you know, a lot of those children in that home passed away and then her and her, and her husband. Uh, some of the things reported, um, nothing too sinister. Uh, bed warmers hanging by the fireplaces. Uh, they they see those swinging back and forth. People claim they swing back. Doors opening and closing by themselves. Reported multiple pictures falling at the same time in the house. Hmm. And then noises from the upper floors as if somebody's walking around up there. Even those in the way. So you know, pretty normal haunted house stuff, right? Yeah, just just normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing I was a little confused about was you know they build that. Witch house is, you know, like I said, one of the last remaining structures of the trials. But then I had read about Sarah Osborne's house, which was supposedly moved. I guess a lot of those buildings had been moved around and stuff. But from my understanding, it was still standing. So I'm not sure where the witch house ends up being the last. I'm, I'm sure they know what they're talking about. You yeah. Know, obviously, I don't live there, but um, a little confused about that. How do you move a house? Uh, they can do it. They can. Um, they get these hydraulic jacks lifted up all around the front, the foundation, get it up onto a trailer like thing, and then very, very slowly <laughs> um, wheel it to a new location. I want a movable house, so that way I can just like <laughs> live wherever I want. I think they're, I think they're technically movable, <laughs> but they figure out how to move them. Uh, what else? So the Charter Street burial ground. There's reports of a woman in white next to the Mary Corey grave. So the wife of Giles Corey. Yeah. She was actually a second wife. Uh, but it's reported that every now and then they'll see the sus- her suspected ghost because they just see a lady in, in white and they don't, they're not sure. But since it's by her grave, yeah. they assume it's her walking away from the grave, supposedly going to look for her husband. The classic lady in white. Yeah. Do you know there's different colors for ghosts? Ladies in white, gray, like red. Yeah, I was reading that one time. I was like crazy. I didn't know. Blue, I think. Um, well, do they they, have, they like... have different meanings of oh. what? Of, you know. Is it like their aura? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I'll, I'll look that up and, and give you some more detail. That's one of these episodes. I've only ever heard of the lady in white. No, yeah. I was, I was surprised. I ran across that in an article and they were talking about the colors of ghosts of ladies in white, red. Gray. Is it like a um, scavenger hunt or something like that? Like a game where like white is the most common and the other ones are rare. <laughs> <laughs> you like gain extra points if you find them. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else? Oh, Essex Street. So supposedly a lot of um, shadow figures are seen on that street. So there's, there's a portion of this street where it's blocked off for pedestrian traffic only and a lot of shops and stuff in yeah. that area. So a lot of... Uh, but supposedly there's a lot of... Um, How not that a touristy area? How do you determine that it's a shadow and then a... Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's touristy, obviously, in the summer and stuff. But yeah. the rest of the year is pretty quiet. And, you know, maybe in the evenings and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take their word for it that yeah. they see these figures and stuff. So that was it. I mean, you know, some pretty interesting ghost stories... In, you know, in there. And like I said, there's a lot that we're not related to. Yeah. A couple of things that, that did strike me as odd. The Joshua Ward House was one of the first brick houses in Salem. It was built in 1784. So this was 
you know, way after this, right? Yeah. But the house was built on the site of the former sheriff, George Corwin. Wasn't going to bring this up, but there, there was just something that I thought was really interesting about a story about that, that building. And, and it is kind of related because, like I said, it was, it was built on top of um, the foundation of his house. Yeah. But at one point, it was an office building and they were having a Christmas party there. Oh, no. Right. And they were, you know, there's somebody going around with a Polaroid camera taking pictures. All right. So I'm going to send you over and I'll, I'll, po- and I'll post these out on, on social media. But uh, this is the first picture I'm going to send you is just a picture of the woman who they were taking a picture of. Okay. okay so just so you have an idea of what she looks like. Okay. Wow. That is, um, that's really. Yeah. Old it's an old, old looking. photo. Yeah. Was, I just want to look. And this was the Polaroid picture that came out oh my god right yeah so that was my first reaction but now what is, she, is that her or is that like another woman that's her that's supposedly her is she getting electrocuted when they well, took that well sorry okay now look at it yeah and see the door behind it behind her yeah and imagine a christmas wreath behind her Hanging on the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, they 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 tried to pull it off as you know this this witch, um, you know this this horrid picture came out of the Polaroid, but <laughs> after people took a look at it, okay. uh, they realized that it was um, not quite what it seemed. Because that's my first reaction. Well, first of all, I was like, oh, this is doctored, right? Yeah. I didn't believe that it was actually, oh, somebody must have doctored this and said that, it, you know, this came out. But then when I was really looking at it, I was like, oh, okay, I, I see what's going on here. Okay. That makes sense. It looked like she got, like, electrocuted or something. I didn't think witchy. I just, I don't know what I thought. I just thought, like, electrocution. <laughs> really bad hair day. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, first of all, it doesn't help that her whole body, like well, her yeah, face I mean, and stuff, is blurry. And, well, I don't know how much of that is, you know, just because it's a Polaroid and then it's a picture of a Polaroid, then it's you know. You know what she reminds me of? That photo reminds me of. Who's that? Um, and Ghostbusters. That lady. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, the the couple interesting things that I thought were kind of jolting was that right next door to the Joshua Ward house is a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And it, to me, it just kind of kills the mood, right? Yeah. It's like the Joshua Ward house. Come visit the Joshua Ward house. It's right next to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and, you know, if it was something more locally owned. Yeah. Like yield Dunkin' Donuts. Yield. <laughs> <laughs> then it would sound a little more. Well, it's like the, um, so the, the Gallows Hill I think I know where you're going with <laughs> So they haven't really deter- been able to determine exactly where the, uh, the, the people were hung, hanged. Yeah, hang. hanged. But they do suspect there's this one hill that's behind a Walgreens yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they, uh, they suspect is, is the actual hill. But again, that, that kills the mood. It's like the like Gallows Hill behind the Walgreens. Well, some people said that it, the Walgreens was where the hangings happened. But I heard more accurately it was the hill behind, um, behind the Walgreens. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a parking lot and then there's a hill behind it. And that's where it's supposedly... <laughs> that's... Um, 
So going back, I, I forgot one thing about Corey's ghost was supposedly he appears, he's been known to appear before disasters. Oh. Um, he's been seen in the graveyard, uh, one of which was in 1914, in June of 1914, there was a fire that destroyed much of downtown. So, oh. uh, And supposedly the day before he was, there's a bunch of reportings, sightings of him at the graveyard. Uh, and the interesting thing that reminded me was because of the Gallows Hill. Yeah. That was supposedly that area there, maybe where the Walgreens is now, yeah. is where the fire actually started. Oh, wow. Uh, I think there was a some type of factory there or warehouse or something. I'm trying to remember what type of factory it was. I can't remember offhand. But. The Witch's Broom Factory? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was it. Um, like I said, the, yeah, the, the whole Dunkin' Donuts and the, the Hawthorne... Or the, I was saying it should have been a Hawthorne drugstore rather than the, the Gallows Hill behind Hawthorne drugstore <laughs> rather than um, behind the Walgreens. <laughs> Walgreens. It's kind of like uh, if you if you ran across the Starbucks in Stars Hollow. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wouldn't it kill the mood? Yeah. Yes, it would ruin the town. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Um, what's that? I was just thinking of Starbucks and... Oh, uh, fascinating town. I really wonder how or what it's like to live there being a touristy place. Yeah, I I, don't, I wonder because I feel like it, like in my head, I'm like, oh, it seems like it'd be like a really nice place to live. Aside from it being like super touristy, especially if you have to like work or, you know, go through the tourist areas to like get somewhere. Yeah. But... I wonder if people who actually live there feel like it's a cool place to live. <laughs> yeah, I'd really, I'd really like to know. Yeah, because kind of like any tourist area, they, they look really beautiful. But yeah, you wonder how you could handle, you know, all the people that are there. Uh, but I guess it's only for, you know, well, I guess the winters are pretty quiet. Yeah, but I mean, then you really can't go out and do stuff because it's yeah, winter too, <laughs> it's yeah. snowing. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be interesting. Like I said, it's a shame because it does look it's beautiful and some beautiful houses and beautiful buildings there. I think it would be nice to like live near Salem. So that way you're not really stuck in the touristy area, but you can visit it whenever you want to. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's some areas that, you know, like I said, there's a lot of beautiful homes and a lot of streets. Maybe there's some areas that, like you said, unless you have to go somewhere, like the downtown area, like it looked like that the witch's house, that whole area, yeah, is kind of like a commercial area, yeah. Uh, and I imagine a lot of traffic and stuff. Well, like, um, I don't know, have you heard of Hocus Pocus the movie? Oh, yeah, I was reading about it, I've never seen it, but I certainly have heard of it. I, I just recently watched it because I was, I had interest in Salem. I know it's nothing to do with <laughs> the history of Salem, but. Um, the house from Hocus Pocus is actually in Salem. Right, right. And it's a huge tourist area. And one of the buildings, too, I think was briefly. Um, the school. I don't know if there was anything else. Library, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I know the school, I think, is, is there. I did read that. I, did, I had no idea. I'm excited. I've never seen it. Yeah. So as long as you brought it up, what did you think of the movie since we haven't done a movie review this week? <laughs> um, it wasn't bad. A lot of people are going to hate me <laughs> after saying this, but um, I don't understand. I think it was overhyped. Mm. It's not bad, but I think I was a little disappointed because it was overhyped. I imagine because it was who who was in it. That, uh, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I won't. And I, it being in Salem, too. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah, I I mean, it's interesting. I just think it's a little hard because I want to visit Salem. I have interest in like the shops and stuff and the history, paying respects and stuff like that. But um, it's kind of sad because it's such a touristy area because of all the deaths yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. Now, you know, I never really had that much of an interest to, to go there. Yeah. I just didn't think there was much there to see. But now, um, now I do have an interest in that. Yeah. Especially if the Hex Girls are going to play there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but like you said, I almost feel bad because, you know, I, I think of it in reverse that if I was living there, how I would feel with all the all of these tourists. Now, some people they you know they live and die by the fact that their businesses mm-hmm. are dependent on these tourists. Mm-hmm. So it might be great for them, and maybe all of the people there you know just love that, love the atmosphere or whatever. Yeah. But I would go there feeling like I'm invading their space, almost yeah. like right because I would love to walk down the streets and look at some of the ho- you know look at the houses, not just the popular ones like the witch's house or yeah. I think. It wouldn't be too bad because I definitely want to go there with the intention of visiting the memorial and paying respects yeah. um, just because of how horrific, you know, they died. And I think going with the intention of, you know, appreciating the architect back there and paying respects, I don't think it'd be like too yeah, much. Yeah, I can see that. I definitely want to visit some of the shops because they look nice. <laughs> But yeah, I'd be more interested in just walking around and looking at the scenery and stuff. Yeah, definitely paying respects. Feel yeah. like I, here I'm talking about all the beautiful houses and architecture <laughs> and kind of glossing over the fact that this whole thing started with people who were just, um, yeah. we, we didn't even talk about, you know, other than a few of the theories, how they could possibly just let this hysteria, you know, go crazy. Well, the thing is, is that it's not even like the first one or even the last no, yeah. of yeah. like witch's trials. It'd be interesting. The only witch trial that I ever heard of in school, because you talked about you learning the Salem trials. The only ones I heard, I don't know where it was, but it was where, you know, like if you float, then you're a witch. But if you like drown, then you're not a witch, but you know, you die anyways. So um, the oh, water... Yeah. Yeah, I, re- I was reading that one of the men accused had recited the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. and then everybody was accused. Everybody was confused because a witch should not be able to do that. Yeah, but I don't know if he got away or if they said, "Oh well, <laughs> not sure why, but we'll go ahead and kill him." Yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they killed him. Alrighty, is that it? We got everything. I think so. Alrighty, well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit next week for more weird and creepy stories. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 12past3 or email us at podcast at 12past3.com. Good night. Good night. Good night.